you recently moved into my neck of the woods. Uh, when I came round to the house, I actually couldn't believe that people our age live in a place like that. How have you found living with friends? I think it's it's really good, but I think I don't know. I think the older you get, you are a little bit more picky on certain things. I actually recently had a little argument with my housemate. Not argument. It was more like so. You, like, I'm quite anal in terms of cleanliness. <laughs> and crumbs in particular um usually like small things i don't really mind i will clean after and like it's cool i'm not gonna bring it up and i think there was one morning i woke up and i saw a little crumb in the sink it's not a big deal but i just made a huge deal out of it i'm like guys i've told you so many times don't leave any food in the sink like how many times i tell you i keep cleaning after people and sophia's like oh my housemate she was like oh this is like first time I've done it but I think because I've seen like small bits of like different people doing it and like it just got to me so she's like okay while you're on this rant just tell us a list of things and I'm like you know what I actually had a list of things. <laughs> uh, actually it's like, now you mentioned <laughs> it here you are these are the things that have been annoying me the past three months of living together and like why are you keeping it to yourself just tell us but I think now we've got to an understanding um but yeah so I think like with friends some friends are great to live with some are they're just good to be friends just be their friend like yeah but i think with my housemates we like we're great like i wouldn't want to live with anyone else we understand each other and like we do have a great like compromise like between us um so they try to be more clean and i'll be less naggy that's the Agreement. I mean, if I'm honest, you sound like the <laughs> in that sense. Like... Yeah, see, I am, so this is the thing. I think like living with friends actually it's it's such an idealistic thing because exactly like you're yeah. saying, some people just even though they could be the, the kind of person that you'd love to spend so much time with, you just can't live with them in your yeah. own personal space. I remember, and I think it's one of the problems is that I think I went to like union stuff so poorly house trained. I don't know if it's like my, maybe my family or like maybe my mum's style of parenting, but it was just very much like, I'll do stuff in the house. Everyone else stay out because you're going to do it wrong. Um, so I went to uni, like genuinely not being able to like wipe after myself, or not that way, clean, 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 <laughs> clean the kitchen, like make sure my dishes put away. Wow. I was terrible and I was such a nightmare to live with. Oh, wow. Fair enough. That's a, uh... yeah, I mean, that's tricky, right? <laughs> Your mum being very get out of the way because you get it all wrong yeah i, I, I don't um, know if it's like a south asian mum thing or just just my mum in particular but but did she ever yeah, turn around and be like oh, why'd you never help no yeah all, so me and my sister we're, like, we're good kids so we always said um mom like we can give you a hand with like that and that she's like no 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 get out get out get out get out, get out. Wow. so i had no chance of actually being able to it was actually initially when my sister was like 10 she um she was at, like at school and she heard a conversation from one of her mates who said oh, like, my mum's, like, giving me, like, a fiver every time I do, like, the washing or, like, I do, like, you know, stuff around the house. So my sister being, like, fairly entrepreneurial, I was like, oh, this is a bit of a market here. I could I can get some money out of this. So she went straight to my mum, like, oh, can I wash dishes after dinner? And mum was like, you're going to do it for money? I either do it for free because you want to do it or don't do it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to be entrepreneurial, mum. Sorry. I'm to make some money. Oh, fair. Then how did you learn at uni? You just uh, got shouted at my house. That's the thing like you have like quite a good relationship now with your housemates you can actually have conversations mine was yeah. especially first term was just the opposite where 
things need to get done, no one would communicate with each other. So for a little while, we were living in essentially squalor. It was actually <laughs> our um, such a lovely guy, the guy who came in every um, every week to clean our flat. He was just like, he actually suggested to us like, well, I, don't, I mean, I don't mind doing this, but why don't you just guys get a rotor or just have you told them like, you know, you're annoyed when this doesn't get done? Oh, wow. You're onto something, mate. Um, you're hoping to fly the nest soon and hopefully potentially with some friends. Yeah, I am. I just uh, had a bit of a revelation slash a bit of FOMO, I think. So obviously all of us lot, like schoolmates and stuff, uh, everyone's in the city. Uh, I'm a bit of a child in a man's body still living at home um with my parents because to be fair it's been great it's been like it's just like very easy i think um you know, there's always food i basically don't have to really do that much uh not pay any rent which is great so like i, I did think in the beginning oh, i'll do it for a good few years you know try to give myself a bit of a financial head start so i'm kind of lucky enough that i can uh, it didn't make sense immediately to move down the road and pay like 10 grand a year when i was like 20 minutes away from home um but now i think you know mid-20s the time has come the time has come so i'm biding my time waiting for a, a spot to open up and then i think uh, <laughs> that'll be me that'll be me gone just because it's a bit of a golden period right like before yeah. people's like step, settling down and stuff like these are the few good years where you can just live with your mates um while not also being like a really poor student so and like do things together and stuff so just to not miss out on that because once the time goes uh yeah don't live in regret you know so, no yeah and i always tell yash this like once you live with me that's it. You've got insight now, mate. Yeah. But as to what the yeah, living conditions that, are going to be like, up. so yeah, uh, got, yeah. Laughing at you, she's not actually fully that. serious. That there's going to be a crumb. You're going to get it in the doghouse. Yeah. yeah. What mood I'm in? We'll see. We'll see. Right. Well, um, I've got look, look, got that to look forward to. So before that, I'd like to live with some, um, you know, dodgy blokes. Oh. <laughs> I think I've become more like you, Ashley. I think because, you know, naturally I've probably gone the complete other way. Um, yeah. And I'm now quite irate when, like, things aren't done in a particular order or, like, they're not put yeah. away as soon as possible. Um, but I'm glad, Yash, that you've come to, rather than having the pressure of suddenly, as soon as you finish in uni, to go out and live with people. Because I, I think it's great to live at home for a little bit. Obviously, some people might not be able to do that. But, if you were, yeah, mm. you were able to, like, accumulate some wealth for yourself and also yeah it's just such a frictionless lifestyle yeah yeah it like obviously really depends on your relationship with your parents like, i know people i've spoken to people that are like oh no i definitely couldn't do it like i moved out immediately fair enough but like i've been lucky enough that you know things are pretty great my parents are pretty um easy and i can basically do what i like um in terms of like I, it's not like a curfew or anything like that which i'm really grateful for so it makes it a lot easier but I think it's just now I'm a bit like, oh, always, I'm that guy at work who's always looking at the last train. Everyone's Aww. like, oh, you're actually looking for the last train again. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, this is, yeah. And then if I miss it, it's like some long ass track home. So just to, I think, avoid that, get in the city, you know, live in a bit of, you know, rough, rough up the lifestyle a bit. Yeah. I think the <laughs> experience nice. living with your friends is just like so great. And like you build that bond. And like every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, I know, like, you know, Vi and like Sophia in the house. Shout out to Vi and Sophia, housemate. Um, but I know like they're always there, so it's just, it's just like a nice, like comforting feeling. Like you go home, like watch TV together. Like it's just nice. And I like we know like once we settle down, like we'll probably never like get that again. So yeah, me and Sophia, we made a pack. Like until we get engaged, we're gonna live together till that wow. day. Yeah, made a pack. Fair play. What about you though, Ash? You um. You never lived with mates, really. You just went straight. No, I mean, I, I, so I did at uni. 
but again like it's a very different yeah. kind of situation than being like a proper adult and living out and kind of earning your stuff but um i yeah. I, I never planned to it was <laughs> we were just on a chew journey and she was like oh you know i've um i'm gonna live in london next year do you want to come live with me it's very casual uh, wow. so it kind of caught me off wow. guard and it was quite subtle i liked it um <laughs> I, my mum was not not concerned but she was like are you sure like this is a big step you know you're you know i was only 21 you know moving out on my own mm. uh, and not just living with just lily it was here in a house share of you know adults yeah but it was so good for me like i think i i grew up a lot in the the first year i was here even stuff that i just never thought about because it didn't come up at uni was like planning when to like make meals like having to plan because mm. maybe it was just my house but we just whenever we <laughs> ate dinner it was always just like a pizza cut it and we'll just go out <laughs> somewhere um but uh yeah little things like that having to like organize house stuff like we've had issues with like, the washing machine and the boiler and all that stuff to take care of and it's been good it's a good learning experience um but i think ultimately i'm i'm looking forward to having my own space with, like just me and lil mm. slightly downsize a bit because i think uh, the, i mean lil went away to poland last week for like a girls weekend oh yeah yeah, yeah she loved it i mean i told her about your your guys trip to crack oven she i think she like did a few bar crawls and stuff and said it was really good yeah. nice. that's nice um, i miss the cheap alcohol yeah it's dangerous stuff one <laughs> euro vodka shots and like <laughs> nice i mean i died like the first night but you know yeah we, we had some issues but like overall it was great fun great yeah. fun so cheap so um definitely would recommend but yeah when she went away oh it was just me in the house for like five days on my own and it just it felt really empty um it's quite wet mm. but um I would, I would prefer to, yeah, like be in a much more kind of cozy, small kind of flat or you know, little place. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, grass is greener on the other side. Plus, uh, I guess you've had the experience now, which is nice. Um, I do kind of look forward to like just the the like the the being a proper adult aspect. Like, okay, on a Sunday, I'm going to meal prep for the whole week. Like, mm. I've got these very grand visions of what my life is going to be like. But because at home, it's like. I don't know. I think it's just maybe laziness or comfort or whatever. Like, there's no real need. So you end up just not doing anything or I end up not just doing anything. So, like, well, you know, living out, actually, you know, working. Whereas a st- as a student, you're just like a scrub. Like, you're just sitting around the house all day, pretty much. Um, eating, like, ready meals. Oh, God. Shops. So, you know, being a proper adult, properly meal yeah. prepping, like, basically having also the access to the city and stuff. Like, yeah, a lot of things to look forward to. And uh, yeah, having good banter with your mates. So all of those things have kind of spurred me on and not having to look at the last train. So yeah, all those things got me Well, going. you've got time for that. You've got a good three years. Good three years. Oh, nice. <laughs> Given a... All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting uh, not so much. That's good. Speaking of kind of uh, access to the city, obviously you're both working mm. in you know high-powered professional London jobs, which is amazing. Um, how have you both found it? Because the thing that kind of... You know triggered this particular thought was i don't even remember but in march kind of early this year there was the kind of scandal with goldman sachs and their junior analysts yes. who kind of put a presentation yeah. basically begging to work 80 hours rather than 100 and yeah it was it i thought the interest uh, the response from their ceo was quite interesting i think he said you know if you go the extra mile it will help your performance it will help our performance so kind of essentially shutting down they're kind of valid concerns about you know i'm not be able to sleep or see my family um how have you found like working culture especially in the city i think personally for me like i have quite a different experience like where i work they do take your well-being very seriously 
So if you do go out to them and tell them, oh, you know what, I'm actually really struggling this week, I can't do more than I've committed, they'll happily like reallocate it to someone else because they're like, you know, we care about you and like, like we don't want you to feel like you're suffering alone. But I've like, and that's like for me, and I feel like I'm lucky in that sense, but I've also spoke to a lot of people where their whole life is work. Like we have a friend who would finish work at like 2 a.m. and then get ready to go to work at 5 a.m. Like there's no, there is no like break and doesn't have like any weekends. And like, it comes to a point where it's like, oh, I literally have no friends because I don't make time for them because I have no time. Um, But yeah, I think it's finding that balance and finding the right sort of company for you because there are some like firms where their culture is like work 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 like you know you get paid ridiculous amount but we are expecting you to sell your soul and I think that's how it is but so yeah I think it depends like what you're willing to do I think for me I take my own personal time very like I, I value that like having my own personal time so I would rather get paid a little less but still like just do a nine to five or like even a nine to seven, like, and still have my weekends to myself. Yeah, okay. What I would say is like, so that Goldman report, firstly it was at the US, uh, which honestly is like a completely different beast. Like working in the US is just absolutely mental. So that, that's why it was like extra bad. I'm sure it's still pretty bad in London, but like the, I'm sure like whatever, New York, your US offices are like pretty brutal. Secondly, for banking, I mean, I think it's a bit of a weird one because obviously there's a element of like, yes, firms should look after their employees, um, which of course they should, but it's almost a bit like, it's no big secret what the lifestyle is in banking. It's not like they were sold a nine to five and holy shit, like I have to work so much more. I, I do kind of feel for grads though, because you don't really know what's out there when you're at uni. Um, like you kind of are sold the same, same few careers, depending on what you study. Um, and then everyone's kind of gunning for the same thing. And I, I don't know, even like, yeah, people just basically don't know really what's out there. So then you, you join this grad scheme, you're like, oh my God, I'm absolutely killing it. This is the best thing ever. And then they run you down and then you're just like, I don't, like, do I leave? I make so much money, like nothing else mm. like pays this much. And then it's a big little- You get into you know, a lifestyle uh, where you've done that for like two exactly. years and to walk away from that is, how yeah. do you do yeah. that? I mean, I think that's the thing that like, I'm looking back to well, I can only really talk about law fairs and stuff where firms would come like with all their merch, with the promises of, you know, when you're 18, saying that you could earn 120K in th- three years, it's just, you're like, I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> that yeah. is such an obscene yeah, exactly. amount of money. And I do think that firms do prey on the naivety of like 18 year olds, basically. Like, yeah. there's no, in any firm presentation, they always talk about benefits, perks, benefits, perks. But the reason why there are, I think, in so many of like, you know, you're able to travel abroad and you're able to have your lunch paid for and your dinners paid for. Are you going to get like a free Uber home like after work in like some firms? It's because you have to sell so much of your time. that You're not prepared to sell mm. when you're first viewing that job opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like, that's how they get you, right? And initially it's like, look at the glitz and glam, like we live in the dream, but... I've heard and I do feel like the novelty sort of wears off pretty quickly, especially like, for example, in consulting, like you travel all the time initially. Oh, my God, this is amazing. But eventually you realize I'm just going from the airport to the office. I don't is I could be anywhere like it's irrelevant because I'm just basically working. Um, so anyway, that was the, that little bit. How have I found it? Um, so I've been in an interesting position where, you know, two years at uni, I've already had two different jobs and they're already 
they were quite kind of quite different so i was in a like, like consulting pretty busy you know uh did a, did a fair bit of work um like the hours are fairly long um and when i was there same again i was like this is great like this is this is what work is meant to be like i didn't really know any anything better uh, i still enjoyed it like it wasn't crazy like nothing like the what came out of the golden report like actually it was pretty good some some days would be nine to six and sometimes yeah you'd have to stay till midnight but just project dependent and time dependent like where in the project you you're at um and then i switched jobs into like a startup and it's like a completely different lifestyle and only when i started looking for new roles i was like oh there are so many cool companies out there doing so much and like you you don't just have to go for the same like five companies that everyone's applying to and like the big names that you hear because you know there's so many like startups doing really cool things social impacts like um high growth like there's all sorts of work out there um and yeah the hours are way better the lifestyle is way better in fact the perks even better so it's almost like if you don't look which i mean to be fair why would you if you've what you think is land what you think is the dream job um it's only like kind of if you have to or when the time comes when you look it's like there's so much out there so yeah super happy to have made the switch um and yeah just like loving this whole startup scene and like startup lifestyle because yeah i don't i basically don't work past six and that a year ago would have been like that's a dream for me i was like yeah (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable so yeah what about you though going into law are you kind of apprehensive or kind of ready to Away for I did a similar thing to kind of what we've been talking about is that I I knew all the firms that you could go and you know you could rake your fortune by your thir- by the time you're 30 and then a lot of people stepped down but I thought actually I do really enjoy the profession I do really enjoy the industry I want to go into so let me try find a firm that mm. my hours are nine to six but I intend to like use that time oh. to when I'm not working to do other projects like, I want to try diversify as much work as I can if you want to work like 60 hours a week you can whereas once you're in that kind of that grace period of where like you are getting used to that lifestyle it is almost impossible to turn mm. that down it's what especially once you get to like family territory and you're dependent on a certain level of income i remember i did a i did an internship at sky like two years ago and there was a one of the women that i was shadowing <laughs> she was at clyde co like a top firm i think she was 110k by the time she was like 24 um and she told and i asked her so like just very casually i didn't expect the kind of quite dark response that i got i asked her so why did you um why did you make the the transition into in-house rather than private practice and she said um well i got home from work at like 11 o'clock for like the 50th time in the year uh i ordered a mcdonald's to my house uh i hadn't been on a date in about a year and i thought can't do this anymore so i left and I asked about oh, that's first of all I don't know you so that's actually really dark that you've mentioned this is quite a nice cocktail session but um I asked is that the kind of common experience for a lot of people she's like yeah it's so common that people get into it so early and then like she was lucky she, she considered herself lucky enough to leave hmm. but a lot of people can't do that that's crazy yeah you're absolutely right like once you get the family and then you like have set a certain lifestyle even even if before the family like, it takes a real strength of character to be like i've i'm on this much now but i'm going to walk away from all of it because i value like my work-life balance or my health or mental health or whatever more than this paycheck because it's it is it's a weird like benchmark that obviously society uses to like gauge how valuable you are and then it's so easy to get pegged to it so it's like when when i was in my consulting job i fully would have just been like oh i'm gonna stay here till manager then i'm gonna freelance i had like this whole life plan ahead of me it's only because my hand was forced to it and thankfully it was like i got to see so much 
like what else is out there and like change uh, kind of the role and the lifestyle and now I could never pretty much imagine going back and like doing like crazy hours or anything again because it's like why like, literally why would you so um yeah I've but fair I feel like you need to kind of do it and then come to your own conclusions not you but like yeah. pe- people after yeah. you were saying that you've been managing people recently yeah do do they have this kind of starry look in their eye as if they're starting you know a high-powered job or do you think that they have a bit they're a bit more mature and have this understanding that you know this workload that you're giving them is actually you know quite a lot and that's the reality of the job and that kind of stuff yeah i i work with a mix of people so i had one that was working with today and you know there are people that you meet that are super eager they're like you know i'm so excited to learn and i'm like oh my god that that's how i was like two years ago like just like yeah i want to learn like and like build myself up and become manager one day which is great and like that's like the attitude that you really should have if you do want to like work your way up but then i have also have like some people like oh i'm just you know i just wanted a job so i'm just here and are they like vocal about it yeah they'd be like oh like this is the only thing that came along so i took that's it and it's kind of like oh, okay i mean you know that's great but it's like it's almost hard to like want to manage someone who's not like is not really like in there for like the right reason to like not really focus and then i guess that's also your job is like to motivate them and like also be like oh like you know how do you want to you know grow in your career like build on their own development um because that's also like your job you're trying to make them like better and like not only just for what they're doing now like also like oh like you can look outside the firm like maybe something else is better suited to you <laughs> you um, encouraging them to leave no not encouraging them to leave but more like you know if you <laughs> feel, <laughs> get out here um but no if you feel like this is not for you like don't be afraid to be like admit it to yourself like this is actually I, you know i give it a good go but it's not for me like i think i'm better suited to something else like i think you should do it but I mean a lot of people who work in, you know, big fours usually do it to like get their qualification. And most of the time like after 3 years you see they leave and a lot of managers are, like just trying to like get people to stay. But it's hard because comparing like what you're getting paid and what you're expected to do, you're like when you look elsewhere you're like, "Oh, I can do a 9 to 4:30 and earn twice as much. Why am I here? Mm. I should go there." So I think like money and also like that more balanced lifestyle it it does at some point like will come into question and like oh should i really just be here for the name of like this big four company um but yeah so yeah it's is interesting experience and i get to hear a lot of um their insight like what they think um but i think in like work expectations i like i think they do expect quite a lot But you know, as a new joiner, I'm like, no, 5:30, do not answer to anyone. Just log off. <laughs> just jeopardize their future career. <laughs> Don't answer no, emails. <laughs> also, just log off. Like, do not answer to anyone. No, but it's more mm. like they are learning, but they're also we don't want to like scare them off. You don't burn yeah. them out. It's funny you're yeah. saying about like yeah. having the conversation about admitting to themselves uh, if this isn't the yeah. right fit. I was in a cafe near the other day doing some work and. Um, a man and a woman sat next to me and uh uh he was just venting he was he was almost at the point of tears i mean i wasn't looking at him because oh, of it weird but i could hear the emotion in his voice and um he was saying like oh, i can't do this anymore like i need to find another job and she actually was incredibly supportive more than i expected and she was like look i'll be real with you like if you don't enjoy it you should not be here you should put yourself first 
you don't owe this company anything yeah. like you know you you know if, if if the workload that you've been allocated or the type of work you've been doing or your expectations haven't been met that's that's our fault not yours i thought it was really compassionate wow it's human to hear so that. when you talk yeah. about motivation to people who come into your office and say oh i'm just here for the money and just for this job security i'm gonna go how do you how do you motivate them I think I I usually ask them to see the bigger picture. Like, what do you actually want to achieve in life? And like, this job might not actually get you to that place, but then you can get the skills that you get. You build the skills that will get you to that place at one point. So see it as an opportunity to do that. I think that's the only thing I can say because I can't force them to love what they do. And like in my line of work, like it's not the most exciting thing. So like trying to motivate people is a little bit difficult. But I actually had a training today on like how to motivate um, like individuals, and we talked about money not being like the only factor. You think about um, like everyone wants to be better at what they're doing. So building skills is something that like motivates people. Um, another thing is autonomy, like being able to do something your own way rather than just being told what to do is a great way to motivate people so for those who are not that motivated i'll be like okay i'll give you this piece of tasks to like complete do it however you want to do it be creative you know bring something different and i, I feel like that motivates them because it's like oh it doesn't feel like work it almost feels like oh like i'm presenting something that's like my own that sounds good like um, for my personality type <laughs> if i started my job and someone said do it however you want mate like have a free reign <laughs> i would be so scared of like doing it the wrong way but they were right like some people do feel like if, if they're shackled at work and they feel like they're being micromanaged and completely controlled in everything yeah giving yeah. them a bit of freedom actually is quite nice um have you had any motivation issues at your workplace uh uh no not really uh because it's, cause it's... <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. As in, are you talking for me personally or just people? Oh, you yourself, or have you noticed in your kind of workplace are there issues with you know team motivation or? Yeah, uh, not so much. So I think it's a bit different because we we're not like a big company that hires loads of grads or like school leavers or anything. So I do feel like if people join, you know, they know what they're joining. They tend to be somewhat experienced. Um, and then to be fair, like if you don't like it you can just leave and people have just left they've like joined been there for like three weeks and be like actually it's not the role that i thought it was um and they just leave and like fair enough no hard feelings like to be fair you want the people that are like the right people for that role otherwise you make everyone's lives more difficult by not like hiring right um so yeah i don't i don't know like i don't feel like it's that you know the company's really sort of social and like, everyone like really gets along and it's not also massive so my immediate sort of colleagues and people that I interact with the most, everyone's pretty excited and like, you know, it's a high growth environment and stuff. So I think things are going pretty fine. I think, I think it's harder when you have basically someone who's just there because, oh, it's a job and let's just see where this goes. Uh, I want to, you know, just get qualified and do something else because then they're just there for a specific reason. And then they're not really invested in the, the wider goal of the company or their actual work. They're just sort of biding their time until they get what they want and then off they go which is, yeah, a bit of a struggle, I can imagine, for some of these firms. Do you think some people stick it out longer than they need to do in a job because of kind of an antiquated idea that, you know, you're supposed to, you know, when you're 18, you think, I'm going to get one job and that's going to probably be my job for the rest of my life or, like, that's going to be the career I'm going to stick in. Whereas, especially, I think, for people our age, chopping and changing 
swerving to different industries is becoming like quite normal uh yeah so i think it's a i think it really depends on like the exposure to that you've had to people that have done that so like for example like if your parents haven't done that if they basically had very long tenures at wherever they've worked and stuff and you don't really know anyone that's like jumping around and they tell you oh i kind of think you know it doesn't look as good or you know it's not as good to jump around every year then you'll sort of whether you want to or not take that on board to some degree and then might be a bit more risk averse or like uh, hesitant to just be like oh i've been there for three months let's stack this up and leave because even when i joined when i first joined where i am um in the beginning because it was like a very different skill set to what i needed i was i really like struggled like, i was like way out of my depth i remember you saying actually like i think we went to thought park and you <laughs> maybe you'd recently started yeah and you were like you know it's kind of mad work but i'm finding my feet and i'm, I'm sure i'll get it eventually yeah because like in the beginning i've a few times I was like, I might just leave. Like, this is generally like too hard. But but then I was like, that's not really an answer to not not like being able to do the job or like struggling a bit. Like, running away is not going to help because wherever I go next, I might face a similar issue. So I was literally like to myself, I'll give it one solid year. Like in that year, like really just give it my best shot. Try try learn as much as I can, and then like review at the end of the year. And if I still am like, no, nah, this is really not working, then fine. Mm-hmm. At, least, at least if anyone ever asks, I can be like, yeah, like. I gave it a solid shot, um, still wasn't for me, so I left. But, you know, a year has rolled around, or just over a year has gone by, and it's a, I'm, like, totally comfortable now in the role, like, trying to push for the next level. Like, it's it's completely different to when I joined, and I literally didn't know what I was doing, and everything would take me, like, 10 times along, because, yeah, it wasn't my background. So, yeah, I also don't think, like, running away is the the answer. Like, you, you, you don't really know enough about the role, the company, like, what you're really meant to do. I guess maybe if you're an experienced hire or something like maybe you know exactly what you want but for people our age like it's it's just new so like give it give it a solid shot and see, see where it takes you so that's my advice for the kids <laughs> i was gonna say um since whenever you both have joined new workplaces and you know started new careers have you ever experienced imposter syndrome what do you mean by that so a feeling that when you're joining something new or you're taking on something that you might not have had experience in before that you feel within you like i am not capable of completing this this is not the right fit for me i'm an imposter in this particular work environment everyone else seems to be able to get it and i just it it feels alien to me no wow (laughs) that's that's really i mean that's fantastic like i think because i i did go into a line which was very um similar to my degree so i did think that prepped me in a sense and i feel like they do tell you during your induction, like, like there's no such thing as a silly question. So just like keep asking questions. We're all here to support you. Like if you feel like you don't know something, we're there. We've all been in the same place. But I do think I kind of understood what was going on. So I think personally for me, like it, it you really do just learn on the job. Like training doesn't really do anything for you. But so maybe take the competence and kind of the fact that it was a specialty that you were already familiar with yeah. aside. Did you, what about personally? Do you feel like you were the kind of person that would fit within that kind of culture? Like that you, that you could kind of fit into a, a kind of a certain mold or expectation of what it meant to be to work at your place? Yeah, I think I was able to. <laughs> no, I what think Because what I'm saying I, is some people, yeah. yeah, some people might feel like, you know, in terms of the skill set that I have yeah. and the yeah. interest in this particular area, I am a shoo-in. Like this place should be... Yeah 
exactly the kind of place that I can fit into. But some people might feel, you know, for whatever reason, my personality type or maybe my own experiences. Like, one just before I let you go on, like, one of the common things in obviously the legal profession is that a lot of lawyers are from quite privileged backgrounds. So, conversations that you might have in an office often regard, you know, you know, how was your ski trip in Val And a lot of people who don't, are not from that particular environment right, go yeah. into fields where they're really competent in and they go, well, I, I feel like I don't fit in here and therefore I might not become a good lawyer, even though they are capable enough to do it. Yeah, I think in that case, like, I do think you should just be yourself. Like, you don't really need to, like, meet up. If, like, yeah, people go skiing, they go on luxury, like, holidays. Like, you're like, you know what? I'm not at that stage yet where I can do that, do, do those things. I would love to one day, but I'm not trying to, like, pretend that I can be that and I feel like if anything people respect you for doing that like oh you know what like you know she's being true to herself she's not trying to pretend like oh I can do this I can do that and even the way like you speak in the office like you do learn but like I feel like it's not as formal as you think it is like people do speak very normally like to one another you are professional in like certain like certain settings you are and like you you conduct yourself but most of the time like they do say just be yourself um be respectful obviously but then they would also expect you to just be a respectful person in general like how you just treat other people um but I think for me personally like um both my parents have like their own business so I grew up seeing them in a very professional sort of way so I think I just picked up like how they used to like deal with their businesses and like their clients um, so I think for me it was easier to like assimilate but I think like for other people just I think just be yourself like you will learn it eventually like don't like you don't need to try and feel like oh I have to like pick it up really quick I have to be perfect professional the first day I join like everyone is there to like help you like Ash is the minority like, of that because uh, imposter syndrome is like such a widespread thing right like I definitely had it with my in this job because um, I don't know how the hell I even got it because I basically winged all the interviews because um, there were like technical tests and stuff and I didn't I didn't really I, I sort of like googled half the answers um, and then somehow got through the foot in the door and then once I was there as I say the first few months I was like I literally don't know what I'm doing um, especially when no one checks your work and then like it, it goes like you know people are starting to quote the numbers that you've generated and I'm like god I really hope this isn't completely wrong and I don't <laughs> like you know they're gonna turn around and be like what the yeah. hell is this like this is all wrong <laughs> Um, so yeah, definitely in the beginning, and it's, it's the classic, like when you don't know really what you're doing, you're obviously more hesitant and um, there's a bit more imposter syndrome. But then as you learn and you get better, that diminishes. And then when you move up to the next level, then it's like, oh my God, I'm managing someone now. You know, should I be managing? And it's just like an ongoing cycle. Like I've read about like, literally head of whole divisions at big companies who are like, I literally don't know what I'm doing here, which is crazy, right? Because they're meant to be like, subject matter experts like leading this entire this, this these like troops along and they themselves like sometimes feel like super hesitant so yeah i think it's part just part of the human condition but that's good though Asher. like you don't feel it so much because uh no, yeah i don't really know lucky for some eh yeah well I, right, I, I think i tried to go into it like not like i don't want to try to prove myself to other people if i don't know of like a certain brand i was like oh my god wow i didn't know that was actually like oh you don't know about this i'm like yeah i don't so I, I, like, mate, that's, I, that's, that's a testament to you because that shows how secure in yourself that you are that yeah. even if you go into uh, you know a social setting where a lot of people might have a certain interest and you're like yeah i don't actually care what your interests yeah. are this is i'm this is how i am this is how i come um uh, no, that's actually so good and i think more people should try i think an element of faking it till you make it 
can also be quite good. Like even if it, it does terrify you in a social situation to not just say, oh yeah, I agree with that. Or yeah, I, I relate to whatever kind of quirky, zany thing you're saying. Um, being able to come across as confident and like being able to stand on your own two feet would actually earn other people's respect from you as well. Yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Deep down, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know about this. But you, you can't show it. You're like, oh, it's fine. I don't know about it. At least I know now. But yeah, so fake, I definitely did fake it. So I make it for a while. But... I so back fake it till you make it. I, I think it's the best thing in the world. You can either be like, oh, I literally don't know what I'm doing and really lean into the fact that you don't know what's going on. Or you just put on a brave face, give it your best shot. And eventually, because basically you just learn by doing, eventually you'll just get it and then it, you won't really have to fake it so much. But I, I was reading, I was just trying to find out what it was called. Uh, there's this like effect called like Pygmalion effect, I think. It's basically, if someone, basically like if someone believes in you, um, then you'll almost rise up to the expectations. So like the example is uh, Chinese kids who are born in the year of the dragon, like loads more expectations placed on them because it's meant to be very auspicious. Mm. Like they're, they're really destined for great things and whatever. Um, and because their parents expect more of them, they invest more in them, and also the kids like rise up to meet their parents' expectations. So all the kids born in like the year, the year of the dragon, every time it happens, uh, like outperform peers. I've heard about this. In, in adjacent yeah. years, like more go to high school, more get more get like college graduations and stuff, because just this expectation is there from everyone around them. Oh my god, you're a dragon kid! Like you're you're going to do great things, and then. Yeah, literally, and then they and then they really do. So um, it's a bit like if you just instill some faith and hope in in seniors or people around you, they'll have some greater expectation from you. And generally, people kind of like rise to the challenge. Um, is what the effect says anyway. So yeah, I do think that's it. great, but I also don't see <laughs> no, I, no, it's great. <laughs> nice speech, mate. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's move on from that quickly. Thank you so much. Um, but I also don't think that there's anything wrong with just admitting, like, you know what, I actually don't know this, let me go get some help. Like, I think, I think there's also something quite, like, brave about admitting, you know what, I actually do need help in this, and then I can, like, learn from it and improve. Oh, no, for sure. Like, for actual, like, skills, like, oh, I don't yeah. know this, let me just ask. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, pretend that you do. Yeah. But, like, the general aura of... Um, uh, imposter syndrome like the whole concept of i just should not be here it's a bit like that uh, yeah i feel like you, you can you can sort of fake it a bit until you can pick up enough skills and gather enough momentum where you can do the rest and be more comfortable in saying oh, actually i don't know because you know i do know all this other stuff this is just not the stuff that i do know so i don't know a bit of a balancing act and i guess for some of the kind of people that you're managing asha you you prefer yeah. them to you know even if they don't know entirely how to do something surely you prefer them to show some kind of initiative and say, you know what, I don't know, but I'm going to give it a go and see. It must, yeah. is it not more annoying for someone to say to every kind of task you give them that could be novel or, you know, slightly different for them to go, oh, I don't know, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, yeah, I, I think I do appreciate a mix where I would want them to take initiative and figure out, oh, what's the best way I can do it. But I also don't want them to like go on a tangent and then do the whole thing wrong and then come back to me and be like oh i thought this is how i was meant to do it but yeah no i agree with you it is definitely about <laughs> you look so smug right now <laughs> oh. no it is a balance like take initiative but also don't be afraid to admit where you're like you know what i actually do need some help on this and that will help me like i do it better or, like something like that but 
Yeah, a balance, definitely. Much yeah. appreciated. Always balance. The middle way, you know. Yin and yang. The middle way. Buddhism, mate.